Welcome back to the Munich Heim Show featuring Lenny, the only NFL podcast where one of the hosts thinks he's got that dog in him is a redundant phrase because he is a dog. That's Lenny. I'm Munich Himes, and today is a special, special day. We are deep into the offseason, which means um, instead of having my nerdy friends on, no offense to my nerdy friends on, to talk about football uh, more generally, we get to have a very special guest, an actual NFL player. In the past, we've had Bobby Wagner. We've had Lane Johnson. Basically, unless you are a multiple-time pro bowler, you can't come on the Mini Kimes show, I think is the standard I'm setting. Because today's guest is friend, new friend of the pod, but longtime internet friend of mine, Cam Hayward. Yay! What's up? How we doing? We're doing good. Um, for those who don't know, and if you're listening to this pod and you don't know this, I don't know why you listen to this pod because that, that would be very strange. <laughs> Cam Hayward is uh, one of the best defensive linemen in the NFL with the Pittsburgh Steelers, four-time All-Pro, five-time Pro Bowler. Um, I have personally advocated for you as a potential future Hall of Famer, which I think might be why we're friends, just because right. uh, I've sent <laughs> on the internet. It's definitely why when I met your mom, she said, I love your Twitter. That It has to be why. No, she just likes the way you talk and you keep it real. And, you know, if, even if you weren't trying to get me in the Hall of Fame, she would probably still love you. I think she was more excited to be with you than see me and my brother at, at Combine at the time. So we did take a photo. Yes. Yes. She wanted me to hold the hold the camera so you guys could take a photo. So she could care uh, less about me. Your mom's awesome. Um, and yeah, we did meet the Combine. And when we met and chatted, and IRL, you expressed something to me that I didn't know, which is that you had interest in like doing more media. Cause like, I don't right. know your guys, like I've obviously been crushing on the field for a really long time, but I hadn't um, seen you really put yourself out there that mm -hmm. much doing interviews, <laughs> doing what TV, all of that you have to do and done a little bit. Um, but so, so what I did was I put you on the spot. I don't even remember this. And I asked right. you for just takes. I was just like, yeah. what do you think of this? What do you think of this? And you delivered, which is, by the way, not a, a lot of times current players do not like to give takes on things happening in the NFL for all the obvious reasons, I guess. Right. Well, I'm not going to give away my secrets, but I do have opinions and I'm very vocal about them. And uh, not to you, but to mostly everybody <laughs> else. So now you got me in the right space to just talk crap about me and make fun of me. We're not gonna we're not gonna get too spicy on here unless you want to get spicy with some of these. Oh, things. get spicy! Um, I don't I don't care. I get spicy, Go for it. but you, you know you might be giving bulletin board <laughs> material, right? Um, right. Did you did you do the the broadcast boot camp this yes. spring? Okay. Yes. So this is like a thing you're legit interested in doing. Yeah, like I think um, all these years I've done the interviewing part where you know everybody asks you the same questions and. You know, you only see one part of it. And then to understand the other side and understand all the work you guys do um, was really cool. Um, and I just want to explore it. You know, I'm getting up there in age. I still think I have some time left, but, yeah. you know, I want to make sure I'm, I'm ready for after football. That's great. I mean, I, I we had you on NFL Live uh, mm -hmm. at, at the draft, crushed it, seen you on McAfee. I think you're in a good position, but obviously, like you said, <laughs> you're only 33 not planning on retiring anytime soon, especially if I you want those Brady's numbers, man, how, how long, how long <laughs> do you think you can go? How long do you think you can go? Man, I, I want five more. If I can get five so more. Yeah. My wife might hate me by then, but five more. <laughs> That's how old is 
Oh no, Calais isn't that old. I'm trying to think of like defensive linemen. Who's the oldest defensive lineman in the league right now? I'm trying. To... Calais is probably getting up there. He's up um, there. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. All <laughs> but right. But now my group is all getting old, so we're, we're just we're biding our time. You really are. But you know what? It's like I was just talking to someone about Aaron Donald and uh, with my friend Nate, and we we're talking about kind of the aging curve for different styles of players, different positions. I do think mm-hmm. you know size. Why? I mean, not commenting on your career and how long you can play but generally i think um you know (laughs) um someone like you in that spot can play for quite some time and we're seeing that you know more and more as i think the aging curves changed for all positions yeah so like for me i was pretty lucky um my first two years i didn't play at all how lucky is that yes um you know i went to the pittsburgh steelers you know 31st overall but they had already had you know, a D-line and set, you know, I remember going to uh, countless meetings where my D-line coach would tell me, you're fighting for special teams reps. You're not going to start here right now. So, you know, understanding that and now I'm at the back end of my career, but I think that kind of benefited me to yeah. you know, rest my body and now I'm performing better than I ever have. Yeah, no trade on the tires. It has been such an interesting career arc because of that, you know, like to see mm-hmm. you picking up these all pros and these accolades in your 30s is really unique. We're going to talk about that. We're talking about your career. We're talking about <laughs> stuff off the field because you do a lot of cool stuff right. off the field. Um, but first, I just kind of want to talk generally about um, football and get some of those aforementioned takes. Um, cool. Because, yeah, so, so, we, so we, we met at, at the Combine. And, mm-hmm. you know, we were kind of chopping it up about the QBs. I think it was pretty widely assumed at that time that the Steelers picking at 20 were uh, likely to take a QB. I don't think anyone thought the draft would shake out where you were the only team that would take a QB or um, just breaking historical precedent. (laughs) But um, yeah, so, so I I guess I kind of want to ask about, um, you know, you've played your whole career with Ben Roethlisberger, right? Mm -hmm. And we don't know if Kenny Pickett, when he's going to start, obviously it's a competition with him and Trubisky, but I do know you've seen, you know, you've watched his tape, you watched him in college, you've seen the dude play. um, So wildly different from Roethlisberger. Right. And like, how do you see that like stylistic evolution playing out? Well, I feel like now the quarterbacks all have to be able to run. And back then, you know, you could get away. You know, Ben was fleet of foot for his position back then. And, <laughs> and it's not yeah, a shot of Ben. Yeah. Was, you know, yeah, you, no, yeah. You, you had Brady, Eli, Philip Rivers, Peyton Manning. Like Peyton now is just was known for just taking sacks because he w- didn't want to get hit. Um, but you know, these quarterbacks now are very mobile. Um, it's a different offense where you have the RPOs and you gotta be a run factor. Uh, and I think the thing with Kenny is, um, how far can he get to that level and how quick does he adjust? You know, Mitch is going to have a leg up in that regard. Um, I know he played in Chicago and didn't have the best record or the best team around him, but I think, uh, both of those guys are in a much better position um with our defense and the amount of skill players we have this amount of skill players is absurd i think that was my biggest takeaway from your draft coming out of it holy mm-hmm. shit like you already have a really stacked receiver group and then to get right. like a couple of really exciting players and pickens and austin with very different skill sets to make that mm-hmm. group even more um i guess diverse it kind of like I'm not, this is not shading on your offensive line, but Mm -hmm. this was a debate when Joe Burrow in Cincinnati, when everyone was like, okay, are you going to take Jamar Chase or Panay Sewell? I'm sure you remember that. And they went with Chase. And at the time, everyone was like, 
damn, <laughs> like you really got to protect Joe Burrow. But Chase turned into a superstar. And I think now there's like a legitimate argument to be had when you have a young quarterback, what's more important? Giving him a ton of incredible skill set, uh, skill players who can get open, right? Very quickly. Right. Or Very focusing quickly. on that protection. How do you feel about that? Well, I hope they, ne- I hope for our sake, the Bengals never protect their quarterback and we just get the <laughs> rain that. down on them. But uh, for us, I think, you know, you got to build your offensive line with continuity, um, with guys from different places. I thought we addressed it early in, in free agency. You bring in a guy like James yeah. Daniels, Mason Cole, yeah. you know, you bring those guys in and you already have some younger guys that have to fill out your roster. We brought back two Sakura for as well. So I think our offensive line – has to be intact a little bit more, has to know what they're getting themselves into. But, you know, for the skill positions, you know, you're only adding to that group. It's not like we really took away. I know we lost Juju, but other than that, I don't think there was a big standout when you look at trying to make sure our often, our wide receivers and skills are, are great around for our quarterback. I'm really excited to just see what Matt Canada does with your offense because – you know, because of who Ben Roethlisberger was at that point in his career, mm-hmm. I think, you know, Ben wasn't turning his back around and executing play action. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and when you did, you did have an RPO <laughs> game, but, you know, it was it was very specific to what he did. Now you've got mm-hmm. these two athletic quarterbacks and suddenly, you know, all that pre-snap motion he does, the boots and the wag. I mean, it, it could just look totally different. Is that something you're interested in seeing? Not in practice. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you know, I don't have to do so much of running with the running back or wide receiver across. But with that, there does become a lot of shit you got to make sure you keep your eyes peeled to. Um, And a lot of window dressing we always talk about. So, you know, it's going to be interesting. You know, I know everybody's talking about our offensive offensive scheme looking different. But, you know, I am excited to see and – um, hopefully they just put up points. You know, the best type of offense is when we're on the side, best type of defense is when we're on the sideline. <laughs> Do you prefer playing immobile quarterbacks to mobile? Well, I, that seems like a redundant question. Yeah, that's the easiest question. You know, well, you're a sitting duck when you do that. I know, but it's got to be exhausting. To, I mean, it feels like every year the quarterbacks get faster. I mean, it's really, actually, so you were drafted in 2011, right? Right. So that was, Kaepernick was drafted that year. Then mm-hmm. I know you weren't playing, but and then 2012 was Russell Wilson, RG3, and it was like the read option revolution in the NFL. Then it was like right. kind of quiet for a while where like the NFL went back to drafting pocket passers. But really, Cam, in the last five years, you got to chase these guys down. I mean, what has that been like watching these quarterbacks come into the league in recent history? Okay, now just thinking about it, you, you were right for asking that question because like – Thinking about it, like Brady is so diabolical and can screw you up so many different ways that he's not just going to take a sack. He's going to get the ball out. You get some of these younger, you know, inaccurate quarterbacks that think they just run with their feet, you know, they'll fall right into your lap sometimes. And, you know, it helps our advantage. You know, we go to a – you go to these teams that think mobile, 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 mobile quarterbacks, and then they get to a point and they're like, shit, we didn't even think for them to throw the ball. And then, you know, they're they're scratching themselves like, why didn't we look for a guy who was more complete in both ways than rather just being a mobile quarterback? And then, of course, the dream is having a guy like Josh Allen, who's become (laughs) incredibly accurate from the pocket. But also I call him Josh Allen's super soldier when he takes off because it literally is like a like someone injected him with marble serum. It's so terrifying. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's like he's freaking gigantic. Who's your least favorite quarterback to play in the NFL right now? Oh man, least favorite. 
I don't know if there is a least favorite. Uh, I get excited for all of them because they all talk shit. And so it's fun just to, you know, be able to talk shit back. I don't know um, if there's a, a least favorite. So let's flip to defense. That was okay. a lot of time talking about offense, actually. Um, <laughs> okay. So mm -hmm. when you came in in 2011, wait, was that, that was LeBeau back then, right? Yeah. Coming, okay, because there was Steel Kern. There's been so few defensive coordinators in Steelers <laughs> history. It's like amazing. You get to like Widenhofer, and but you know, for ever since actually the the Widenhofer days, Steelers defense has been that three four. That mm -hmm. I, I mean, there really hasn't been a lot of change. And when you came into the league, that was huge. It was like, what's your designation? Right. You know, it's like, are you a three four yeah. guy, or a four three guy? And now things are totally different. I was wondering, like in Pittsburgh how the views of, you know, position and positional versatility on the defensive line have evolved. It's completely evolved. You know, I could go from playing a three, four, uh, we call it a four eye where I'm keying a tackle and I'm lined up inside eye shade. And then I could go from a three technique, uh, outside shade of the guard, a two eye inside shade of the guard, a tilt on the, on the center. Um, and then, you know, I could even be in a nine in some of our run structures, which is between the tight ends. So, you know, you got to be able to play all these different positions. Um, I love it because like in college, I was very fortunate to play these different positions. And, you know, everybody said he could play three, four, but, you know, I enjoy being able to mix it up and play all these different positions and have that type of flexibility. This is how I know you're, you're ready for media. You actually explained what all the techniques are. Meanwhile, I was just like, <laughs> whatever they know. <laughs> <laughs> they know four eye. I don't need to be on uh, Wait, how, how often are you lined up in the nine? I'm, I'm lined up quite a bit. You know, a lot, a lot of uh, third and ones, short yardage. Yeah. Um, you know, I tend to go out there and scare but, the hell out of some tight ends. Well, you guys also have so many big body defensive linemen, although obviously some of them were hurt that you can kind of mm -hmm. stuff inside. <laughs> and I feel like last year, actually, because of those injuries, you were playing a bit of nose too, right? Yeah, I went into a game starting at nose that? for the first time. <laughs> Uh, let's that. just say I, I wasn't concerned with my weight because, you know, like <laughs> lining up a nose, you're dealing with three bodies the entire game. Um, I was plenty exhausted after that, and I don't want to do that ever again. <laughs> well, um, obviously, you do get some of those guys back this year. Mm -hmm. Is Alo the oldest guy on the team? Are you second oldest? I am second oldest, and I will keep it that way. Um, I refuse <laughs> to be the oldest on the team. That's just too much. You're gonna be, you're gonna, if, if you stick to the plan you uh, advertised earlier, you will be the oldest pretty soon, though. No, we're gonna, um, we're gonna find like a kicker that's older or a punter that's or true. something. That's true. <laughs> Who's your kicker? What's his name? Uh, Boswell. Oh, Bo Bos no one's replacing Boswell, but I'm just talking. So shit. He, yeah, I'm trying to think of like. Hmm. There's no more Ander Andersons. There's no. I know. You know, um, Kevin Butler's, you know, those were the guys that were older um, that could play quarterback. I mean, kicker for forever. I don't think we're doing that anymore. Um, so you came in with LeBeau, then you had Keith Butler, mm -hmm. who just retired. Right. Uh, and now, so really now, the, I mean, this is a big change with Terrell Austin uh, being promoted to being the Steelers defensive coordinator. Do you anticipate any changes coming with that? Um, you know, just being at the facility now, I'm just starting to realize there's a different level of detail. Um, not to say Butts was very, wasn't very detailed, but, um, you know, I think Terrell brings a level of detail from the back end and transfers it up front. 
And so we are all just learning on the fly and um, excited to see what, what comes about for that. Um, it's not like it's his first time being a defensive coordinator. So I think we're all excited to see where, you know, he takes us. I really liked a lot of what he did on the back end, just the creativity with some of the blitzes, rotating coverages. And I was wondering how that affects your job up front. Makes it a lot better. You know, if you can't predict where our DBs are going to be, you're going to take time trying to decipher. And then we're able to get, buy more time and get home to the quarterback more often. All right. This is the uh, harsher question. Oh, uh, here we go. What do you think I'm going to ask? I don't know. <laughs> I don't care, but go for it. All right. So, uh, th I mean, you know, this Steelers defense has been like a mainstay ever since you've been there, ranking right. the top every year after year after year. However, <laughs> last year, bit of a problem stopping the run. Yeah. Uh, is that just injuries or what? I mean, what can you chalk that up to? And how do you see you guys improving that this season? I think, you know, personally, injuries is a cop out for me. Um, there's a level of accountability that I have to take um, as a defensive captain as well. Thank you. But, uh, you know, we weren't our best at, at stopping the run. Um, and that made it harder in the pass game as well, because if you don't stop the run good enough, then you're just playing, you know, to their to their scheme. Um, and so uh, it comes down to, you know, guys lying up in their positions, uh, being uh, being able to be accountable for, um, and hopefully guys have learned from that. Um, obviously, we had some newer guys in, but, you know, there's no excuse for giving up those yards. And, man, I used to – I was distraught after a lot of games when you saw the way our, our run defense was. And I don't plan on going back to that. Was the Vikings one of, the, like, the most frustrating games of your career? Ooh. Ooh. Um, I'm, I'm hard-hitting. Just because you're a friend doesn't mean I'm not going to – the Vikings, the Chargers, uh, yeah. the Bengals. Um, Bengals one was 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 very irritating to me because the first one because I felt like they got just enough of a lead, right? And the second half they went up. I think it was like seventeen seven or fourteen seven, and the way it went was they had gotten the lead. They were like, "Cool, we're not gonna." put Joe Burrow in any more harm. And so what they did was just kept running the ball. So we never got a chance to even get after the quarterback. And so by that time, it was like, shit, we're not putting up any points. And they're just going to keep running the ball. They don't care about punting. We're all screwed from here on out. Yeah. I, that has to be also frustrating because, you know, the Bengals offensive line, like, I, I mean, Grant, I think they're better. They were better at run blocking than pass mm -hmm. pro. But just seeing them spam that outside zone run with Joe Mixon over and over and over and over. I was just like, Jesus, like, really can't stop this. All right. Anyways, all right. All right, all right. You know where it's going. No, no, no. Go ahead. Keep going. I'm <laughs> it was, gay. It was, it was frustrating. Um, okay. I know you're going to say that you expect your defense to be one of the top units in the NFL last year. I think there's a mm -hmm. lot of reason to agree with that. Not just right. past precedent, guys getting healthy, guys coming. Um, who else do you, do you see, like, amongst your ranks? Like, just, you know, you, I know you keep tabs on – Things going around the NFL, additions mm -hmm. made to other units around the league. Like, who do you view generally as being in like your tier? Oh, um, you know, I always think Baltimore has a really good defense. Um, but when I look at just across the whole NFL, 
Um, and I look at teams that are similar to what we're going through because of, you know, the offensive changes. I like New Orleans as well. Cam Jordan and company. That defense is always sick. Yeah. You know, they, they always come to play. Um, and they've, you know, they lost Hen- Hendrickson uh, to Cincinnati. He's balling out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I like what uh, the Chargers have done. I think they really um, are looking to turn some heads. We've talked about this. Yeah. Um, you know, they got to make sure they're able to stop the run because just like us, they have a big, they had a big, uh, you know, gap in the middle that everybody was taking advantage. And I'm not sure if they really fix, like I'm really high on the Chargers generally, but that's the mm-hmm. one thing that remains like a slight concern for me. Um, I know they brought in Sebastian Joseph Day. Brandon Staley mm-hmm. seems intent on signing every Ram, by the way. I don't know if you just saw, they brought back <laughs> Morgan Fox. He's bringing back all of his guys, right? But, and then of course you got Cleo Mack, who's a really underrated run defender. Um, right. And that's going to imp- help them set the edge too. And then, you know, th- they um, signed JC Jackson. That's great. But when I look at the spine of that defense, I'm still mm-hmm. a little bit worried about whether. Go, no, just like you grilled me, go more into that spine. What do you want to get to? I'm not, I'm not naming names. I'm just saying the linebacker group maybe needs a little bit of help. That's all I'm saying. You know, <laughs> I mean, we'll see. We'll see. I still think they're going to be really good. I mean, mm-hmm. well, that brings me to the next question. Because, okay, this is where I'm actually going to make you do takes. Okay. Takes. Go for it. Go Who is for an it. NFL team that you think people are underestimating going to this season? You can't say Pittsburgh. And potentially overestimating. Potentially. Over- you can couch it in a bunch okay. of stuff so that no one aggregates you. Mm. <laughs> Man. Okay. Underestimating. I think everybody is underestimating. Um... Oh, man. You. <sighs> I should have sent you these before. Sorry. Okay, overestimating. We're gonna go overestimating for this is easy. Um, you know, I think everybody makes a big deal about what Miami did. Yeah. And they talk about Tariq coming there. Mm. Um, you know, I think uh and I think there's a little bit of Cleveland in there too. You know, I think you really don't know what Deshaun brings. No, no, almost two years. We don't even know if he's gonna play, man. So like that one you can just throw out. But Miami, I wanna I wanna Hit on Miami a little bit more. Do you think it's more offense or defense? Or? I think it's offense. I like their defense. Yeah. You know, Christian Wilkins, um, you know, they got a really good secondary. Um, they got my guy uh, from Ohio State. Uh, man, why am I blanking? Uh, linebacker. Uh, Agba's not Ohio State, is he? No, not Agba. Inside linebacker. Oh, uh, Landon Roberts. No, uh, inside. No. Um, oh, man. Did they sign? Is... They signed someone. You mean a new player, right? They signed. No, someone. he's he was there last year, um, and all he did was blitz against uh, Lamar, and yeah. <laughs> they they got like four or five sacks that game. It, it was crazy. But I'll just talk more about Miami. I just think their offense. Um, you know, they were so ready to trade Tua, um, and now it's turned into oh he can lead the franchise. Um, I don't know how that works, but you know, it doesn't sound like that's going pretty good. So you're questioning like the, you know, the belief and then, and obviously they're putting him in an incredible position to succeed. Right. So it's kind of put up or shut up time. All right. Underestimating. Positive. Underestimating. Oh man. It's going to be good. I got to choose the NFC because I'm not giving any AFC teams. Fine. Um, I think everybody's not talking about the Rams enough. 
Like, you know, I everybody is like, oh, Brady came back. Oh, you know, I think, you know, they're ready to say Tampa's ready to claim the title again. I just think, you know, Matt Stafford just won a championship. And once you get to that, you know, to the top of the mountain, I think you're ready to stay there. And I don't think you got to have somebody like dethrone you before you just start throwing around and say, I don't think they're going to make it. They're still very good. Still yeah. very good roster, very deep, made a lot of additions. All right. Well, speaking of the Rams, mm-hmm. feel like <laughs> people put Aaron Donald on this mountain and then right. they say, all right, then we, we got Cam, we got a Grady Jarrett. How does that make you feel? And like, what is your perception of how you're perceived relative to other defensive linemen? Oh, um, yeah, it pisses me off. Hands down. Like, <laughs> you know, I think I'm what I'm, if not the most complete player at my position. Um, you know, I know Aaron is, you know, a really talented guy, but don't don't just shy away and say, oh, it's, it's Aaron Donald and everybody else. Shit, it's Cam and Aaron and everybody else. Hey, <laughs> who? Uh, who's everybody else? Grady, Justin Simmons. I think it's kind of Chris Jones. Chris Jones, uh, obviously. DeForest Buckner. Yeah, Dude. I thought Justin had a really good year. You know, I think Justin is just starting to enter this, and I think uh, for many years um, you could see. You know, the engine, you know, the wheels just keep turning. And then he finally just put it together this past year. All right. After the break, we come back. We talk more about off the field stuff, your life, everything you're up to and uh, your career. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better with the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. And I have to say, speaking from experience recently, having tried it for the first time in Detroit, it is absolutely delicious. Right now, you can get $5 off any eight corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, Cam, we're back. So I want to talk a little bit about your draft because I think I don't remember when I was talking to you, I was talking about like, oh, yeah, I remember kind of you like obviously are you surpassed draft expectations. You were like, me, I, I was a first rounder, <laughs> but <laughs> the reason I said that, and I had kind of, I remembered, you know, you were like, there was a little bit of a fall with some injury concerns and all of that. Mm-hmm. Tell me what that was like generally. Oh, that was terrible. Like I hated it. Um, for me, um, you know, I got hurt in the sugar bowl. I tore my elbow. Um, I had Tommy John surgery. Um, and so I was, 
distraught about where I was going to end up. Like um, there were so many different things where you just don't know. Um, I wasn't able to do the combine. I literally was at senior bowl and my shirt was being like bled through. It's talking to coaches. So, you know, it, it was a, you know, it was a catastrophe and I wasn't ready to like put that all in words, but you know, I think I got to uh, my pro day, had a really good pro day, um, talked to the Steelers and a bunch of other teams. And, um, you know, I, I, I just left it up to chance. And then it got to, you know, draft night. I had my family there in Atlanta because I didn't want to be Brady Quinn. Um, I didn't want to be the guy in New York that everybody seeing his friends go and then you're just there for another day. Um, mm. But, you know, it got to the end of the, the first and um, I saw the Jets pick was up and my phone rang and then my agent goes, that's a 412 number. And knowing me, I know what a 412 number is. That's a Pittsburgh number. So got the call, couldn't hear anything because everybody was screaming. Um, but, you know, the rest is history and I'm, I'm happy it happened. Do draft prospects look up area codes before draft night to have a sense who might be calling? No. And then this is the thing, though. They, like, all give you, like, their numbers, and you still don't have the right number that they're going to call from by that night. <laughs> right, yeah. So it's <laughs> – I mean, but, like, it's one of those things where – I mean, I remember in 2018, Lamar Jackson was in the room and watching him. I feel so bad for him because it was dropping mm. and dropping. You you remember that. Um, the, the Ravens took a tight end before him. His teammate, Jerry Alexander, who's amazing, just got paid, was taken before him. And he was kind of, he had his head down and his mom was next to him. And then he lands with the most perfect team possible for him, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, I mean, do you feel like that's kind of what happened with you as well? Oh, definitely. Um, you know, looking at the guys, you know, I, every time I see one of the guys from my, my draft retire, I'm like, that's a check off my list. You know, my goal is to outlast all of them at 38 years old. But, you know, I think uh, I couldn't ask to be in a better spot, um, you know, understanding that they had a plan for me. Um, and, you know, this is where I wanted to be in, at the very beginning. Who took you under your wing or under their wing, rather, when you came in? Oh, who didn't take me under their wing? I feel like there were so many people, whether it was Troy Palomalu, um, Brett Kiesel, Aaron Smith, um, Casey Hampton. Um, they all took me under their wing. Um, and I just, for me, like my first two years, it was like, just shut up and be a sponge. Like there's not enough, there's not anything you can say because they have every answer to every book. And, you know, it's up to me to just realize what they've done and appreciate it um, and make sure when my number is called, I'm ready to play. Now, I imagine you're being the old man, take people under your wing. But are you ever yeah. like, damn, I'm too old for this shit. Like when would you just see some of the stuff the rookies do? Hell no, I, I can't be Danny Glover yet. Like you can't, you can't just put me in the lethal oven. Like we're we're not too old for this shit. Like you know, I think for me, um, you know, I don't have a TikTok yet. But I was just about to ask about <laughs> has anyone ever made you? I'm not naming names, but has anyone ever asked you to be in a TikTok? Uh, I think I have been in the TikTok. <laughs> I, and I don't even know if I even like agreed to it, but <laughs> I was just there. But, uh, you know, now, now the thing is TikTok and like, they're like, you need to join. It'd be great for your, you know, your social media platform. So we'll see. <laughs> um, Do you have a TikTok? 
I don't, but I'm in them all the time because Laura Rutledge, who's the host of NFL Live, is a very active TikToker. So we'd be on a studio <laughs> and she'd be like, hey, everybody stand in line. And I'd be like, all right. So like, I would just agree to whatever she told. I'm just like fall in line kind of person. So I would just agree yeah. to whatever she, unless it's dancing. I wouldn't do the dances. But if like I need oh, to be, you, like. No, you did the dances before. Don't try that. You were on there. I saw it when you were dancing. Yeah. Barely, barely. You know who, hate, <laughs> you know who hates, hates TikTok with passion? Ryan Clark. Oh, he does. He he ain't. Yeah, he's a big social media guy, as you know. Yeah, that that, that that's the funny part. He posts he hates a, TikToking. A lot of <laughs> he posts a lot of a lot of selfies. Not there are selfies because they're like really nicely taken by other people. But he he posts a lot of his looks on Instagram. <laughs> I'm sure you follow him, right? You've seen those looks. Yes. Yes, um, RC is notorious for that. Actually, tell me something about Ryan Clark that people might not know from the playing days. Oh, that I was ready to fight Ryan Clark one day. Explain, explain yourself. <laughs> uh, I don't know how it started, uh, and he could tell you. It's not like it's a secret or anything, but like there was a day. I think it was like 2013, and you know I wasn't starting at the beginning of the season, and he called me a bust, and I was ready to swing on him right then and there. Like your uh, face? Yeah. Oh yeah, we were about to fight right then and there. Um, yeah, you can talk to Ryan about that, but uh, you know, then it was like uh, a couple of weeks later, and we had just lost in London, and so we had a long plane ride home. And this is the game where AP like ran through us and like was, you know, I remember, I remember IT had an angle on him, and all you see is AP just keep going right past him. You're like, damn. Um, but we got back on that plane, and all I remember is Ryan Clark coming up to me and he goes, bro, so why are you not starting? <laughs> and I was like, why, why do you think? Like, I've been waiting to start. <laughs> that's, cla- that's so Ryan going from calling you a bus to being like, you should be starting actually. Yeah. Um, that it, yeah, that is perfect Ryan story to a T. Um, <laughs> one more question about your career actually, before I get yeah. to all the things like, how would you say you developed as a pass rusher over the last few years and then even lately like do you find yourself adding things to your repertoire man i'll be honest like in college i had no pass rush game whatsoever and you know um pass rush has taken on a different level in the past what 10 years um but i think now i'm just way more savvy um i understand what works for me um understand how I can beat a offensive lineman. I can use things that they want to do against me. Um, and I, I just think technique wise, it's better than it's ever been for me. Hmm. Yeah. I was trying to think of what you were like in your early days. Oh, a lot of bull rush. Just a lot of bull bull, <laughs> bull, 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 bull. Um, you know, I te- I'd like to think I mix it up every now and then. And, you know, that saves me in the game. I don't have to just rely on my strength. Now I can go out there, be as free as a butterfly and have, you know, a multitude of moves uh, that help free me up. And, you know, I get to, you know, have more fun. Um, I don't have to be as monotonous and just a bull rush. To your earlier point, though, do you think you could come into the NFL now as a first rounder, you know, playing inside and not have, um, you know, a, 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 a group of moves. I mean, I, I was just thinking about, you know, I think you and I talked a little about the Jordan Davis pick and like, mm-hmm. I, you know, we look at some of these 
guys coming into the league as three techs and it feels like you know you, there's more demands on them ever to be a little bit more polished maybe than there mm -hmm. were a few years ago because of how the game has evolved i don't think it's ever changed um you know you look like back to like the tyson jacksons um at lsu and you know i think three four has always been so coveted and respected um that you could be a little bit more raw and not have a, a plethora of moves. And so, you know, I think it relies on your pass rush coach and your D-line coach. He's got to have some savviness and be able to set you up for success. Um, some Sometimes they just want guys that are, you know, a proven commodity and they don't have to work at. But I think your better players, those are the guys that have to keep working at it, that know they have to be better at the position as they keep going in the career. So speaking of coaches, uh, you've had Mike T your entire career. Yes. Um, has he ever scared you? Scared me? Why or the hell would I be scared or, of him? Or intimidated you? Have you ever been? You no. can't do a bit of intimidation. No, I've never been No, no, uh, -uh. not a chance. It doesn't work like that. Mike T's not trying to scare you. Like he might embarrass you plenty of times. Um, you know, he might make you. You know, you know, ostracize you where the fact that you've messed up on a play, but I don't think there's ever been a point where I've been scared of Mike T. Uh, that's not the type of relationship we have. <laughs> um, he just seems very intimidating. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Um, he has been, he of doesn't blink. Because he doesn't blink. That's exactly it. I didn't want to say it. You said it. I'm scared of anyone who doesn't. That, those eyes. You've never looked at those eyes and been like. Nah, nah. Mike T's my guy. I, I run through a wall for him and, um, you know, I respect him so much that uh, there's nothing I wouldn't do for that guy. Like, I want to make sure I get him a Super Bowl to say, you know, I know he's got Super Bowls, but I want to be able to say, like, I got my coach a Super Bowl. I was able to deliver and make sure that I held up my end of the bargain. Obviously, he's an incredibly successful coach, incredible record. Um, and, and then, like, but, you know, sometimes people call him a player's coach, which is a label that's been criticized, I think, because of the racial undertones. Do you feel like that mm -hmm. denigrates, like, his accomplishments and what he does for your team? Yeah. Um, you know, most of the time they do call black head coaches player's coaches. Um, my team wants the best from you. And to think that it's denigrated to um, his skin color and it's looked at as, oh, he just hangs out with his players – you know, that's bullshit to me. That that guy, um, he's a student of the game. Um, he's constantly in the film room looking at plays and making sure um, where we need to be, where we're supposed to be. Um, there are plenty of times in summers before where he's like, hey, make sure you look at this because I want to do this during camp. And I'm like, shit, we haven't even got through, we haven't even got to mini camp. And I'm like, all right, like I'll, I'll get ready and I'll make sure I know what I got to do. Um, but, you know, we have, um, you know, I think we have one of the best coaches in the NFL. Um, and I'm not just talking now, but all time. Um, there's not a lot you can say about a man who's never had a losing season. Um, that shows that he's able to make sure his players are fighting for him. Um, and there is a level of accountability in our locker room. Um, we know we have to perform. Um, and he lays it out every day. 
um, the humiliation part is a part of it. And I like that because <laughs> it lets guys know, oh, shit, I f***ed up. He's going to put me on the board. But everybody's going to see it. And everybody appreciates that. When was the last time he put you on the board? Oh, um, it might have been that Minnesota game. I made one mistake and I was like, shit, he got me. <laughs> it, it, it was not nice. And I, I knew what he was doing. Um, but I appreciate it. Like, I might not have, in that moment, I was like, like, here it goes again. But I, I, I'm not going to shy away from that. You know, I, I, I make mistakes just like everyone does, too. Just less. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Um, I won't make the same mistake. <laughs> so uh, I'm not sure everyone knows this, but your dad, Craig, played in the NFL yes. um, mm-hmm. and passed away, I think, when you were 16. Do I have that correctly? So it was before yeah. you were a teenager. Before my so, senior year. Before you college. So before you became a college star and then an NFL mm-hmm. star. I mean, what was yeah. that like kind of entering those phases of your career you know, after he had passed away and kind of fulfilling in a lot of ways, some of the things that are, I guess, echoing some of the things he had accomplished. Yeah. Um, you know, it was tough for me, uh, um, like to lose that part of my life and to not know I was going to be able to experience that with my dad. Um, it was, it hurt me for a while. Um, you know, I, I would say I was lost a little bit, but, you know, having my mom, uh, she picked up the slack, you know, I think, um, we would go on college recruiting trips and she would ask the most, you know, in detail questions, uh, to these defensive coaches that they were like, who the hell is this lady? Like, <laughs> you know, you know, she was like, so do you run a three, four, do you run a four, three, where do you see my son playing outside, inside? Um, you know, and, you know, I appreciated that because it let me know that, um, I, my dreams are still available. Um, and everything I want, she, she made sure I was able to accomplish my dreams. Um, and now, you know, I'm back in Pittsburgh, never thought I would be, and I still get stories about my dad. Um, you know, it's all come full circle and I just get to, you know, share these moments and these experiences, uh, from him and me, um, you know, on another stage. And I, it's fun to just hear. Speaking of your mom, I mean, so you come from like a family, I think, of pretty strong women, at least based on what I've mm-hmm. meeting her, what I've read. I would, well, I was just reading about how um, it was your grandma who was a teacher who went to Carlo University, and I read about that because you gave a commencement address yes. there and you got an honorary degree. What was that? Were you nervous? What was that like? I was nervous as hell. Like I was not, you know, um, to be known as a doctor. Um, I never thought, and I know it's an honorary doctorate. But uh, I was ecstatic, ecstatic to, you know, my grandpa, my grandma was very ecstatic. Um, she went there um, all four years, and that was the only way she was going to be able to teach because they had a great scholarship program where she would teach as she was going to school. And so she needed that. And she told me she would go to school on Saturdays and during the summer just to make sure she was able to, you know, provide and uh both my grandparents actually are part of the were part of uh education system my my grandfather was one of the first black teachers in pittsburgh um and then he went on to be part of the school board so you know they they were always been big on education um and it was a great you know opportunity for me um to just say i'm proud 
of her and her accomplishments because I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't. Well, I guess along those lines, I mean, you picked 38, so that's in five years. Mm-hmm. What do you see yourself doing in 10 years? Oh, man. Um, besides coming back on the Mina Kimes podcast. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have your own um, podcast by then, so I'll be begging for anybody. Oh, there will be plenty of invites for Mina Kimes. Um, but I think for me, um, obviously, I'll be able to be at home with the kids a little bit more. Um, and maybe maybe I'll be able to get part of that broadcasting crew somehow, some way. We'll see if they if they if they want me there. <laughs> would you rather Would you rather call games or like be on a studio show giving your opinions? Oh, that's interesting because like I did uh, that broadcast boot camp. You actually did both, and I was like, oh shit, I'm not going to be ready for you know being in the booth. Like that's a different animal. I actually enjoyed it a lot. I yeah. Thought, like yeah, like and I think it even be more enticing because you get like the crowd behind you and just get to feel it a lot more. But you know, it's one thing, um, you know, that's one thing. But then also seeing uh, in a studio because you're working with a team, you get to continue to just keep uh, the ideas fresh um, and you get to have a lot of fun. Um, I get to see Mina do a lot of cool things and have a lot of fun and talk a lot of shit about a lot of people. I do talk so- a lot of shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's one thing for you to talk shit and everyone would be like, yeah, actually, you're right. But like whenever I do it and then I'm like, I go to the combine, I'm like, damn. These like coaches. <laughs> no, who said that you couldn't, you know, be um. uh, affluent in, in football? Like, I think it's very cool that like you like football, you like talking football, you know what you're talking about, um, and you have my stamp of approval. Oh. I don't think you need it, but thank you. No, I, I, I do need it. I do need it. <laughs> but to your point, like doing the studio shows, the best part is being part of like a team because it feels it really yeah. does feel like. A lot of my Dan talks about this all the time. It's like, man, this is like first time I feel like I'm like back in the, like a locker room because yeah. I'm like we all depend on each other. We joke mm-hmm. around. We do a lot of joking around, um, and it, it, I think that's what makes that a fun format generally. Yeah, no, I, I I really enjoy it because you know you get to see that other side of people, and you get to still be involved. You get to be a part of a team, and I just think there's a lot that that you can put a stock in that. I think not. Lo- there are some people who enjoy talking, some people who enjoy talking shit. You get to combine both, and you get to talk about football. How great is that? Like, that's awesome. It's like being in the bar, you know? Yeah. Um, all right, come back. As always, dinks and dunks. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. And now it's time for Dinks and Dunks. I'm getting paid for this, right? All right, guys. Five questions for our illustrious special guest. Four from me, 
one from Lenny. I already prepared Cam for the general tone of Lenny's line of questioning. He looks a little nervous, but he should be nervous. You should be nervous, actually. (laughs) You really should be nervous. Um, Okay, question number one. Which team has the best jersey in the NFL and which team has the worst? Ooh. um... Jersey takes. (laughs) And you can't pick the Steelers. Oh, okay. Worst? You're going to hate me, Vita. Seattle. Which ones, though? I hate the that lime green. Action green. Yeah, none of those suck. That's a, that's yeah. a totally good answer. Some okay. people like them. I hate them. They're no. embarrassing. Oh. And then you always wear them on national games. And for me, it's like if someone in your family shows up <laughs> dressed like horrible and everyone sees them, you know, like that's how I feel when they. Yeah, yeah. It's just like kids spit up. <laughs> it looks like slime, like Nickelodeon yeah. slime. Yeah. yeah. That's okay. a totally then, good answer. Okay. And then I would say it's a tie for me because I remember playing like Madden growing up and there were like a couple of jerseys that really like stood out. You know, those, those chargers, baby blue, yeah. those powder blue ones, those were my favorite. And then I remember the Miami orange. No, I, I, no. Lo- I love those. Oh. Those, those are so cool. The correct answer is all of the chargers uniforms are the best. Uh, I don't know about all of them. The, the I don't, babies. I don't like, I hate the Navy. It I don't like the Navy. Oh. Eh, the Royals. Okay. The Royals. Oh, it's beautiful. All right. Eh. Powder blue is the elite, <laughs> elite uni. I, yes. For me, it's the powder blues and the all white Saints <clears throat> jerseys are my two favorites. No, all black Saints. All black Saints. All black Saints are good too. Basically, all the yeah. Saints uniforms are quite good. <laughs> um, okay. Because black, gold, and white is like a cool combo. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, the Steelers throwbacks, you must hate wearing those. No, I like them. The stripey ones? The bumblebees? Ugh. What's wrong with the bumblebees? As a big man? You like wearing those horizontal stripes? I make it look good. (laughs) It's not flattering (laughs) on anyone, man. All right, question two. You and I both watched the show Winning Time. Both liked it. You finished it, right? Yes. Okay. Loved it. What are your three favorite TV shows of all time? Ooh, three favorite. Uh... I watch a lot of the same shows over and over again. Uh, make it easy. Ted Lasso's up there. Nice. Um, I want to. No, I can't even put Game of Thrones because I hate the way it ended. Um, damn. Uh, the Office is another one. I I wa- but I like Parks and Rec better than The Office for some reason. I know. Really? Right. Yeah. There's there's no there's no. Parks and Rec without The Office, but I feel mm-hmm. like Parks and Rec took it to a different level. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a good answer. Yeah, those are good uh, answers. I like those answers. Yeah. Very positive. Yeah. They're all like kind yes. of like earnest, positive shows. Yeah, I, I can't listen. I can't watch shit that like makes me feel bad, especially at night. I'm like, I'm a big baby when it comes to that. Like for me, I got to like watch something that's very like earnest mm-hmm. and very like yeah. calming and like funny. So. That, I'm the same way. Um, okay, question three. If you had to give up one of the two, cheese or chocolate, which would you give up? Cheese. I love chocolate. Oh, God. I couldn't give up cheese. Because cheese, cheese is in so many – it's in so many dishes. Just don't have cheese. How like, do you eat pasta? Without cheese. How do you eat pizza? <laughs> you can never eat pizza again. Just don't have Or like a good pizza. sandwich. Oh, my God. No, you don't need cheese. Like need cheese, cheese doesn't always make the sandwich. I eat cheese every day. No, um, I'm about to make a, I'm about to make a cheese sandwich right now. 
A grilled cheese, you mean? Uh, no, sandwich with cheese. I got all the fixings downstairs. Put together. But grilled okay. cheese. Whew, couldn't give up grilled cheese. Fire. Um, well, <laughs> not, not in your world. All right, question four. You just had your 33rd birthday party, am I correct? I 33? Big 3-3. Three, three. Um, you had it at Dave & Buster's. You did a great thing. You invited a ton of kids who are less fortunate um, to come celebrate with you. So cool. Mm-hmm. My question is, what game at Dave & Buster's do you totally dominate? Oh, Papa Shot. It's no Pop question. Shot. Everybody always says Papa Shot. Yeah. Yeah. Papa Shot, and I would say, um, I'm see, I'm a stickler. Like, when I go to, like, places like that, I, like, I want to win the most tickets and stuff. So, like, there's always the ones that do the uh, – I used to do this with my dad. We go to all these different, like, like game arcades, and we play the ones where you got to make the coins come down. And then, you know, you make, like, the – I think there was one with, like, Star Trek and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm always collecting those, and then you get a bunch of – you know, tickets for that. So, you know, I'm a hustler when it comes to I, that. I think we're both from the Chuck E. Cheese generation. Yes. You, you, you have birthday parties at Chuck E. Cheese ever? Or you go to birthday parties? Growing yeah, up? but now I like look back and I'm like, Chuck E. was weird as shit. Like, the, animat- <laughs> the animatronic band oh my is the most upsetting thing ever created. And we were all just okay with it as we ate the cardboard yeah. pizza. And we were like, this is fine. But I was oh just about gosh. to make a confession, which is I also loved accumulating tickets and the thing I would used to do, my brother taught me this move. You might be familiar with it. Is if you saw a kid walking around with like a long train of tickets, you would <laughs> you would step on it. <laughs> wow, you're a terrible human being. You never did yes. that. You never did no, that. No, I never did. Wow. But I did have a friend whose brother worked at like <laughs> he worked at David Buster's, and you know he was he was like hoarding tickets. And then give them to his brother. He was like, hey, I need you to go in and I need you to get this Xbox for me. <laughs> and then he got fired like two weeks later. They have like, Xboxes <laughs> at Dave and Buster's? Yeah. Yeah. Damn. They didn't have those at Chuck E. Cheese. The best thing you could Hell get no. like a water gun. Oh. Or you get like one of those uh, Pong balls and it just goes <laughs> back and forth. The prizes are so shitty, but I cared so much about getting tickets. Just a lesson in there. All right. And they were like probably like a dollar each. Oh my god, I know. You'd be like playing all these games for like a stuffed animal that you from like, you know, you could get for like yeah. a dollar store. All right. Last question, as always. Right. Comes from Lenny. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. I'm ready. This is tough. This is not nice. All right. So Lenny, um, big football fan, big fan of yours. <laughs> Obviously, cohesive football, I guess. So he, um, you know, he, he knows that you uh, had a pretty tough time in the in the wild card round against uh, Kansas City. Not great, not the best. Um, and then he went up and looked up your head to head since you started playing, and he realized you're zero and three against Patrick Mahomes. So he wants to know if you would just consider <laughs> forfeiting next time you play him. Hell no, Lenny. <laughs> Save yourself Forget a lot you, of Lenny. trouble. Save yourself a lot of trouble. He said. You know, Lenny, I got two dogs at home right now, and they're they're gonna come see you soon. <laughs> we got beef now, wow. but uh, wow, yeah, you know, we got some. I know I got some work to do. He's got a he's got three games on me, but you know, we'll what kind of dogs time. are they? I have a golden doodle and a sheep doodle. I thought you were going to say Pipples or something. Oh, Lenny could take your dogs, your sissy little no, dogs. No, no, they're big as hell. They think they're lap dogs, but they're both 90 pounds each. So no, what's those, up? Those are, those are designer dogs. Lenny comes from the streets. <laughs>